0: This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast.
1: Hey, is is John there? Kinda. Can John John come out and play? Can John come out and play? (laughs) (laughs) This is being weird. (laughs) I don't want to come out and play, I'm watching TV.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Like you know myself. Actually, hang on. Let me. um... Well, you don't have to hang on. Well, like, don't start the show. I need to. Talk about it. But I guess that
1: is you have the to definition hang of hang on. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what hang on means. <laughs> <laughs> like, hang, right, on. Then hang on. You don't have to hang on, but don't do anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't do anything and
0: don't go anywhere and just wait.
2: <laughs> so. Okay. Well, I'll save it for. Uh...
0: <laughs> you want me to hang on? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, let me pull my notes up. I have not had a whole lot of time for show prep this week, so we're gonna kind of wing it.
0: So, so you're gonna be like the rest of us for change? <laughs>
1: yeah, I have notes. I just don't know how much I'm going to stick to them.
2: (laughs) I actually have something ready for you guys. Cool. Believe it or not. All
1: right. Don't get
2: used to it. The kids come home tomorrow. (laughs) 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 We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. (laughs)
3: You think you're some kind of jet-high wave and a high on like that? Big crack and deal. Loud oh, noises! Keep that change, you filthy animal. Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome to episode 56 of Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray. And I found out this week that it is pronounced Gadot. Really? <laughs> yes, it is not Gal Gadot. It is Gal Gadot. There's actually a video on YouTube that's just a whole bunch of times that she was being interviewed, pronouncing her own name. <laughs> and she and she called and she pronounces it Gadot. Wow! <laughs> so. So I pronounced it wrong the entire time we were talking about Wonder Woman a couple weeks ago. So. <laughs> I think everybody has been, Yeah. Actually. Yes. You're wrong,
0: but you're consistent, and that's the American way.
1: That is true. That <laughs> is true. And sitting across the virtual table from me is the patriotic John Irons. John, how are you?
0: I'm rude and sir. How are you?
1: Yankee doodle dandy. <laughs> and joining us from the Simply Syndicated Network is our friend Rick. How are you, sir?
2: The workers control the means of production. Uh, I mean, I'm fine. How you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is going to be our 4th of July special. Our main topic tonight is going to be our favorite patriotic films. These are not necessarily war movies, even though that's what a lot of people think of when they think of patriotism in films. They think that you got to be talking about some battle movie or something. But these are movies that we think really... Uh, Shows the American spirit and shows the American dream. It, it can be a war film or a historical drama, a biopic. It could be Cannonball Run if you wanted to make the stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but before we do that, we're going to play a game. And Rick has a game for us tonight.
2: I do indeed. We're going to play a mini Jeopardy to get you warmed up for, uh, for Magic City Con. All right, yeah. Uh, and... The way this is going to work is each of you will get five questions, uh, and each question will be worth in order 200, 400, 600, 800, and 1,000 points uh, with a final Jeopardy question. Uh, these are all going to be Star Wars-related, the original trilogy. I have in my hand a group of cards from my Star Wars, the original trilogy Trivial Pursuit game, um, and what I'm going to do is, uh, I have a six-sided die here because I am a, a geek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that, that there is no no worry or question of favoritism, uh, I will just roll the die, and you and whatever number comes up is the question you get for that for that one. Okay. Okay. Awesome. If you miss the question, uh, you will lose the points, and your opponent will be
1: able to steal. Okay. Okay. Do I need a pen and paper?
2: Actually, you know what? No, let's not let's not have you lose the points cuz I want I, I don't want you to like go, "Oh, I'm not going to answer that question." Uh, so, you don't lose the points, but your but your your opponent may steal, okay? Okay. All right, Scott, you're going to go first. Scott so... is not Scott
1: is not here. I'm like, "Who's Scott?" Why the hell did I write down <laughs> Scott? What
2: the f- <laughs> You know what happened is, remember last week, <laughs> when we're talking about bringing Scott on the show yeah uh, and I said I wasn't I wouldn't work with him cuz he's a diva well he's been giving me crap about that. <laughs> so, you know when I wrote that down something in my brain said you know that's not right and then the rest <laughs> well, of my it's, brain said just shut up it's it's
0: very it's very uh, trivia like you you made the natural association to trivia
1: there we go there you go yeah okay <laughs> Sean. all right
3: for,
2: for 200 points who ordered the shield doors of the rebel uh, Hang on. I'm wearing the wrong glasses for reading. <laughs> All right, let's try this again so I can actually There we go. Now I can see. <laughs> Who ordered the shield doors of the rebel's hoth base closed for the night? Well,
1: um was it was it Admiral Akbar? No, it was not. No, okay. John, can
2: you
0: see Can I ask a Can I can I ask, is it one of the main characters? It is not. Oh, oh then I'm toast. Um,
3: <clears throat> <laughs>
0: uh, I'm
1: really bad at remembering some of the secondary character names.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure this game is not going to be to <laughs> me. Um, I'm
2: going to say... Commander Craig. Uh, very close. It was Major Derlin. Um I would not have known that either, so uh, <laughs> and uh yeah. Okay.
1: The point goes to no one. Okay. Yeah.
2: No. So John, your two hundred point question. All right. Who observed it's quite possible this asteroid is not entirely stable?
0: Um can I say that was C3PO?
2: Very good, that was C-3PO. Good
1: God, that was, a, he got the easy one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue there, yeah. <laughs> Who assured Darth Vader the rebel shield on Hoth would be down in moments?
1: Um. Say it again.
2: Who assured Darth Vader that the rebel shield on Hoth would be down, quote, in moments, unquote?
1: Was it Tarkin? Uh, nope. No. Okay. John, do you know?
0: No clue. <laughs> General no.
1: Veers. General who? General Veers, who was played uh.
2: by the same guy that played um oh I can never remember his name. The, the Donovan in Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, okay.
2: John, your 400-point question. Whose idea was it to brace the converging trash compactor walls with a metal pole? Oh.
0: Uh, it was either Luke or Leia. I'm going to say... Um, Sean, you know this one, don't you? I think so. All right. Um, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: you know what? I'll... I'll uh... <laughs>
1: But now that you oh, think you know the answer. You clearly, clearly cannot choose the one in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Luke. That is incorrect. Damn it! Tom, can you steal? I think it was Leia. Well, indeed, Leia. Very good. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I have a point. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you're in the lead now. <laughs> yeah. One, right, yeah, you're in the lead with one point. Okay. <laughs>
2: well, it's, well it, yours was worth more. It was worth four hundred points.
1: That's right. That's right, okay.
2: Okay, now for 600. Sean, who was called Mindless Philosopher and The Professor?
1: Ooh, I don't remember anybody being called The Professor. Oh, wait a minute. That would have been a a nickname that Han would have given him. Um, That would have been Obi-Wan. No. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Would you care to...
0: Hmm? What, what, what what were the nicknames?
2: Mindless Philosopher and The Professor.
0: Can you tell me which movie? Mm, no. <laughs> I was afraid you'd say that. Um,
2: <laughs> I can tell you Obi- that it straddles two movies.
0: Obi-Wan was my guess as well. So uh, if it's not him,
2: my next guess
0: would be uh, C-3PO again.
2: That's absolutely correct. R two D two called him a mindless philosopher and got yelled at for it. And Han Solo told Chewbacca to plug the professor in to talk to the Falcon in uh, in Empire Strikes Back.
1: One to okay. one.
2: <laughs> uh, actually, no. John now has oh, he points has more. Yeah,
1: he, yeah. It was worth more. Okay, so you're in the lead.
2: <laughs> and now, John, your six hundred point question. Who was the second to join Han Solo's Endor command crew? Uh,
0: does Chewbacca get out? Because it was Chewbacca. It was Chewbacca. He does. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> <take>
2: good.
0: <laughs> it's going to be rough. He didn't want to speak for him.
2: <laughs> and John rockets to a commanding lead. Okay, Sean, for 800 points. What did Luke think was the explanation for his Tauntaun's agitated behavior?
1: Uh, I get. I don't know. Was he? Did he was tired? <laughs> uh, no, it was not. No.
2: <laughs> John, can you steal? Um,
0: I remember the scene. I'm trying to replay the dialogue. I, can, I Like I can see him stroking is trying to calm him down. Um, was it...
2: This is a family
0: show. <laughs> <laughs> I said calm him down. Um, is this... Uh, was it a... Uh, was it the noise? Like the howling of the wind or something? Is it like he heard something?
2: Nope. Right, the the okay. line was, if I recall correctly, what's the matter, girl? You smell something?
0: Oh, smelling. Yeah. <laughs> I always get those confused. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, John, for 800. Yeah, yeah, sorry.
2: sorry. <laughs> uh, what was Luke's three word response when Han asked how they were doing in Jabba's Palace? Is this for me? Yes.
0: Uh, same as always?
2: Very good. John is kicking Ewok on this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what Sean. For,
3: for
0: Han's three word response to that?
2: Uh, that bad, huh? <laughs> that bad, huh? <laughs> Okay, Sean, for a 1,000 points. Okay. Where was Luke planning to meet his friends after visiting Dagobah for the second time?
1: They were going to Tachi Station to look for some power converters.
0: Not those friends.
1: Is that your final answer? No, say the question again. <laughs> <laughs> Where Good. was Luke nice pla- you cut,
2: but not out. <laughs> Where was Luke planning to meet his friends after visiting Dagobah for the second time?
1: Uh Dagobah. Dagobah. I just heard you say meet his friends. Okay. Um Please listen to the entire question. <laughs> Man,
3: I suck. Uh
1: <laughs> I I wanted to say back at the rebel base but the rebel base had just just, uh, the rebel base that rebel base had been destroyed Uh, back at the um, well it was back at a rebel base I just don't remember which one (laughs) I'm going to give it to you it was back at the fleet okay
3: (laughs) (laughs)
2: yay (laughs) okay John for a thousand What's, what's the score now uh, let's see, well, hang on, i got to do math um,
0: <laughs> No nah, never mind, never mind we'll no, no,
2: no uh, no, it's, uh, oh, it, okay right now Sean has 1400 and John you have 2200
0: Ooh, I like it
2: yeah, <laughs> I bet you do okay uh, what did Han call Jabba when Jabba threatened to put a price on his head in Star Wars the Special Edition oh lord,
1: uh those movies don't count.
0: <laughs> um, overgrown slug?
2: Uh, no, it's a a wonderful human
1: being. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You went the other way. <laughs> oh shit!
2: I a chance, or Sean a chance to steal? Yeah. Uh,
1: the answer I'm is sorry. a wonderful human being. <laughs>
0: Sean, if Sean successfully steals,
2: what... what I'll I tell you what, I'll give you a bonus question, Sean, and I'll let you pick a number from one to six.
1: Okay, uh, five.
0: Hold, okay. hold in your mind the Trojan Pursuit card and think of what you want. <laughs> Use the
2: force. What had Han just become a member of when he sarcastically noted, just what I've always wanted? Just what I've always
0: wanted. Can I steal this?
1: No. <laughs> He oh, you, <laughs> you probably will. All right. I mean, he had just become a part of the Rebellion, right? No. no. <laughs> Man. Yes, John, I'm just, a, I'm a Star Wars fan, yes.
0: <laughs> you're a bigger Star Wars fan than me, which is
2: the ironic part. John, just for bragging rights, you want to steal it? Uh, the Ewok tribe. Ah. Uh. <laughs> is that right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that was it. Okay. Now it's final Jeopardy time. Okay. Right. So I'm, I'm, we're going on the honor system here. Okay. Sean, you have 1,400 points. John, you have 2,200 points. Um, so I want you all to. Uh, all right, I'll tell you. The topic is Star Wars A New Hope. And I want you to place your bets as to how much you are going
1: to wager.
0: Well, uh, wouldn't we tell you, right?
2: Um, or no. Well, normally you would
1: write it down, but we're not in in person, so.
2: Yeah. So just go ahead and, and write down what your what your bet is going to be, how much of it is going to be, and I, I trust you guys to tell me what you wrote after we reveal the answer.
0: Okay. I know how much my bet is going to be, but I'm I'm trusting you to
2: do the math. Yeah, yeah. I'll do. That. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right, and and. So what I'm going to do now is read the question, and then you all decide what the answer is going to be, and then I want you to both type it into the chat. Okay. At the same at the time, okay? All right. Okay. All right. So the question is, name the two X-Wing pilots who survive the Battle of Yavin. <sighs> For copyright reasons, I can't.
1: Sing the whole song. <laughs> can you really not? I know one of them.
2: I, I doubt they'd come after us, but uh,
1: yeah. technically, we're, no. We're small potatoes. It's the
2: internet. We're anonymous.
1: Yeah. We can be <laughs> anyone. Uh, I know one of them. I don't know the other one. And. time. Okay. <laughs> And type, <laughs> John type wrote it. You wrote it into the wrong chat, John. are <laughs> supposed to write into the Skype chat.
0: <laughs> he didn't specify. <laughs> I don't, the I
2: don't one, one we're I don't all looking at. Very at. Much.
1: <laughs> well, he, he said he didn't have any ideas. So.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. Oh,
1: so, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Well, the answer is Wedge Antilles and Luke
1: Skywalker. Oh son of a gun. You know what? Yeah. And I said I, I I know one is wedge. Why didn't I know one of them was Luke Skywalker? Of course he survived.
2: <laughs> okay. Sean, what was your wager?
1: I, I, I went all in because I knew okay. I was I was gonna lose I was probably gonna lose anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> See, you shouldn't
0: have.
1: And John, what was your wager?
0: I risked a thousand.
1: Okay. So John wins with twelve hundred points. Woo! Congratulations, John. You win a brand new toaster. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a silent a
2: centurion toaster. and he doesn't like people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. We, speaking of Jeopardy, uh, by the time this episode comes out, uh, Magic City Ocon will have already happened. But my wife uh, is making an actual Jeopardy board for the game this year, so, um, and it's looking pretty good, she's got uh, little uh, pockets for the questions to go in, then all, some of them look, have Spider-Man, some of them have Superman, Batman, and it says, uh, uh, Sci-Fi Jeopardy hosted by Cosmic Potato at the top, and all that kind of stuff, so, I'm excited, I'm looking forward to that, but, cool. we got a couple of entertainment news stories that I wanted to talk about before we get into the main topic, first of all, Ron Howard is taking over as director of the Han Solo movie. Oh, and is that a saga and a half? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this because I think, I mean, Ron Howard is a is a good director, and a lot of times, uh, you know, Star Wars movies come out, and me personally, I don't always pay attention to who's directing it because he's usually somebody I've never heard of anyway. But this is the first time that the, a Star Wars movie has come out that. I know who the director is, other than George Lucas, (laughs) you know, so, um, this, yeah, that's true, J.J. Abrams, but this is the movie that I've had the most question over whether or not it actually needed to be made, because I didn't, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of a new person taking over the Han Solo role, but, you know, I was kind of iffy on Rogue One, too, and it turned out to be great, so. So I'm, I'm I'm giving it some leeway, but what what do you guys think about this, Ron Howard?
2: Well, have you have you did you follow the whole mess as it unfolded over last week?
1: No, I mean I heard a little bit here and there, but the main thing that I I just saw Ron Howard taking over. I knew somebody had either quit or gotten fired.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what? what happened was, uh, and I, I, I don't remember the guys' names offhand, but they had hired a couple of of young directors who had done some fairly kind of irreverent stuff uh, to direct the film. And then at the beginning of last week, we heard they had left because of creative differences. That was the first release. I was like, oh, okay, well, not the first time we've had this problem with a Star Wars saga film, so let's see where this goes. And then a couple days later, it's these guys were fired. Yeah. And then it turns out Speaking to insiders on you know on who you know anonymous sources et cetera all this stuff, it turns out these guys were doing such a terrible job, uh, that they 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 clashed with Kathleen Kennedy almost from the get go, which is like you know she is second only well actually no she is higher than George Lucas in the in the Lucasfilm hierarchy now because Lucas now has nothing to do
1: with it yeah yeah gone.
2: she's the top dog, and she's she was they just wouldn't you know they brought them in to get sort of a fresh take on it, but they were going in directions. Nobody wanted, they weren't giving the studios what they, they were, they were like asking for multiple takes on stuff and they weren't doing it. Uh, they brought in an acting coach for the guy that's playing Han Solo, uh, which is not unusual ex- except the, you know, for an acting coach to come in like at the beginning of a film. Yeah. But they're like two thirds of the way done with pr- principal shooting to bring in a coach at this point. Um, is practically unheard of. Uh, And it's, it's a, it, the way it's sounding is it was all that these guys just don't, they just wouldn't, they didn't want it. They wanted to do things their own way. Yeah. Uh, which is not the star Wars way. And they refused to budge. They refused to, you know, kind of like try to meet in the middle or something. And supposedly, uh, when it was announced to the cast and crew that Ron Howard was taking over, there was a round of applause. So this wasn't even a matter of the
1: whole cast and crew going, hey, they fired, you know. No, they were like, yay, bring him in. (laughs) Well, if they're two-thirds of the way through shooting, how much of a thumbprint of Ron Howard is actually going to be on this film? I mean, I know he'll be directing over the post-production stuff, but it's kind of like the same thing with the you know Zack Snyder stepped down from the, the Justice League movie and Joss Whedon took over and we were qu- kind of questioning how much of it will be a Joss Whedon picture since Zack Snyder was there all the way through most of the shooting.
0: You know, I was thinking about that, actually, and also in regards to the uh, uh, Joss Whedon thing, and I think I want to revise my answer. Um, I think it could actually... Because film's are largely made in the editing room. And, you know, you could have the same footage and, you know, have 12 different films depending on how you cut it together. And if that's... If you if they if they got a vision in mind and a direction in mind, uh, which clearly they did and the, the guys weren't sticking to it, uh, if they already kind of know what they want and you've got an experienced director at the helm nothing against you know the new blood but it does make a difference yeah um i think you could i, I think you could i think you could um you know the the same the three different directors could you know cut together the film three different ways and you get three different results so i, I, I think um, even if most of the shooting is done they could still make a film their own
3: Okay,
2: I've got I've got the story up now. Here's some some specifics. Uh, that was uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller who were hired and then fired. Uh, the f- shooting was set to wrap in July, but now they're going to continue it into September. Um, uh,
1: so they had gonna go back Lawrence, and, and they're going to go back and actually reshoot some stuff. Evidently, they're going to so, reshoot some yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and and like you were saying, Ron Howard is an incredibly seasoned professional. He's been he's been well he's been in show business since before we were even born, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> since even before I was born, um, and he's been a director for what thirty years now or something like that. So if anyone can save this production, it'll be him. And uh,
0: and, he's, so, and he's got he's 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 very skilled at a lot of different genres too, which which is you know I. I I kind of breathe. this... I mean, not a sigh of relief because I didn't know how badly the other guys were screwing up. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm with you, Sean. Like I hear that you know Ryan Howard, and and honestly, I miss him doing you know fantastic stuff. Like he he's he's been doing more like dramas and and kind of action or suspense, which is fine because he does a good job at that. But you know, he 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 hasn't done fantasy or sci-fi in a while. So I'm I'm I was really going to
1: say with what that. was the last the last thing that what what comes to mind is Willow, obviously.
0: Yeah, that was his first big
1: yeah epic. And I'm trying to think what yeah. else he's done that's along with Apollo the lines thirteen? Of, yeah, yeah, he did Apollo thirteen. That was more I mean that was set in the real world. I was Slash. <laughs> <laughs> Parenthood. <laughs> but I wonder if he'll do the uh Oh uh, well I guess I guess the uh the
0: um, uh the Da Vinci...
3: Yeah movies. he did do those
0: Those are are
1: kind of yeah. Well, I mean, and they're not great movies, but it's not because they were badly directed. (laughs) It's just because they were badly written. (laughs) Yeah, based on awful books. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Now I wonder if he'll do the uh, the the funny voiceover like he does for Arrested. (laughs) (laughs) That would be (laughs) little did Han know. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Honestly, as long as. We get to see Han Solo and Chewbacca meet up. That's really all I need. It could be like a 15 minute short. And I'd be happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I was thinking today, and could be, because like I said, I didn't know how I felt about a new person stepping into this role. Because this movie, if okay, so if Han and Chewie meet up in this movie, this this movie can't be set too far before um, A New Hope because Han wasn't an old guy in that movie. He was what, maybe thirty? He wasn't
0: old, but he's—I mean, he's older like than Like thirty-five. Him.
1: Yeah. So if you got so 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 maybe maybe six or seven years before uh, a new hope that this is going to be set, it just seems—I don't know. It just seems. I figured like,
0: it would be. I figured it'd be like ten years before.
1: Yeah, I can't remember who <laughs> who who's playing Han. I can't remember now. Uh, Aaron
2: something or other. So it's on, probably uh,
1: somebody I don't I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> Oh,
2: one other. One of the other exactly specifics that, that uh, one of the reasons they were let go is things like they were saying we need fifteen different camera angles for this shot, and they'd send back three. <laughs> uh, oh wait, open the wrong damn account. Um, oh, the wow, thing that I change. kept
0: hearing, and I and I, I'm, I know I I know like <laughs> that's kind of the nature of this podcast. So like, forgive me, but I, I'm as you know, I'm not like a big fan of like. Looking behind the curtain before the show is ready to start, so I, yeah. I usually, I usually, you know, just kind of like, well, whatever. I'll see it when it comes out. I don't, I honestly don't care, you know, about the, the drama behind the scenes. But the phrase that, you know, has been bandied about a lot this past week was like Ace Ventura. They were they were trying to turn Han Solo into Ace
2: Ventura. Oh god, yeah. Well, their 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 <laughs> their big fine. films up till now have been the Lego Movie, Twenty One Jump Street, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs.
1: Oh my God! Whose choice um, was this I'm, to put them in charge you know in, what, in the though, first
0: place? The Lego Movie action, sci-fi, comedy, uh, heart. So I could see why they would do it. I mean, it, that was a well-done film. That was a well-done film.
1: Uh, yeah, but directing live-action stuff is a lot different than directing animation. Sure. The the actor playing Han Solo is Alden Ehrenreich. Does that help? <laughs> it might. It might if I if I actually look him up and see if I've seen him in anything before. Alden. Yeah. I'll you. edit this. Alden Ehrenreich. <laughs>
0: He's that guy from that thing.
1: He was oh, in. He was in hell. Oh, he, oh, he was in hell. Caesar. Have you guys seen that movie, Hell Caesar? It, I
2: wanted to, and then it got such bad reviews. I decided not to.
1: It's not. It's, on, it, it's, it's, it's not on HBO. Yeah, I mean, it's not a. I'm not going to sit here and say it was a great movie, uh, but it had a couple of. Uh, it had a couple of good parts, that, and and the 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 funniest scene in the movie is this guy, and uh, there's a scene where he's actually. Filming a movie, and he comes in. and He's supposed to. Uh, he's supposed to say something along the lines of "Were that, were that it were so simple, or something like that." But he's supposed to be like aristocratic. But he comes in, and he's like from Texas, and he says, "Were that it were so simple." And, and the uh, and the director keeps coming and saying, "No, no, no, say it like this." And then he says it again, and Waltz all says, "Were that it were so simple." <laughs> it was, but it's one of the, it's one of those things where it just happens so many times that it it, it it it's funny and then it stops being funny and then it gets funny again. <laughs> so
2: uh, <laughs> kind of like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: the only other thing that I wanted to bring up was there is a lot of uh, stories. There's a lot of stories coming out involving the Spider-Man franchise, even though Homecoming doesn't come out for another week or so. Um. That movie's getting good reviews with critics and test audiences and things like that. I think Rotten Tomatoes already has it up in the the '90s or something. Uh, but there's there's some things that I've been seeing that are um, like the sequels are going to feature villains that we've never seen in Spider-Man movies before. They're not going to just rehash Green Goblin and Doc Ock and stuff like that. And that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And and still, also still Mysterio. What's that? still voting for mysterio you want to have dinner with mysterio (laughs) maybe uh kevin (laughs) how do you pronounce his last name is it feige kevin feige um anyway he has confirmed that uh spider 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 spider-man will have no part in the venom movie the venom movie that um what's his name god You know, uh, Mad Max. That guy in that thing. Yeah, that guy in that played Tom Hardy? Yeah, Tom Hardy. Okay, so he's going to (laughs) be in the Venom movie. And Spider-Man, we were talking a couple weeks ago that we didn't know if it was going to be like a Spider-Man movie. Is Spider-Man going to come in and and save the day or whatever? But he's not going to be in the movie at all. But the Venom movie does take place in the same reality as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there's definitely a chance that there will be a crossover in the future. And the other story that came out was that they've already got Spider-Man 2 planned out. And it's going to take place, like the beginning of the movie is going to pick up like five minutes after Avengers 4 ends. So whatever fallout happens in Avengers 4 is going to immediately bleed over into uh, Spider-Man 2. So that would be interesting because they, they kind of hinted that not, maybe not all of the Avengers are going to survive the battle with Thanos... But obviously, Spider Man is going to survive because he's getting another movie. But <laughs> <laughs> but maybe like if, if if Iron Man were to get killed in the Avengers uh, movie, then that could have a big effect on Spider Man because his relationship with Iron Man obviously is going to be pretty heavy in this this new movie. So, but we're looking forward. I'm looking forward to Spider Man. Are you? Absolutely. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Buy me a ticket. <laughs> Buy me a ticket and a Coke.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure when I'm going to get to see it, though, because uh, our, our five-year-old is coming home from her grandparents tomorrow, but her 19-year-old sister is not, and all of the people that babysit for us are my students, and they're
1: still gone for the summer, so we've
2: got to figure out some way to see the movie.
1: Well... The one thing that they do now is, you know, used to when a movie came out, it came out on Friday. Well, now most movies are coming out on Thursday. Sometimes they're coming out on Wednesday. And that's Wednesday and Thursday are really bad days for me to go see movies. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I go see movies usually on Friday. So um, to say I'm going to be at a movie opening day. I'm not going to be at a movie opening day, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the kind of guy that, that that can go to a midnight movie on Thursday and then be at work on Friday morning. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting too old for that. I turn I turn forty next week, so.
2: <laughs> Adulting has its downsides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All most,
0: right. most of the sides are downsides, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I have one quick thing before we go on to the to the main topic. Okay. Just a, a something I think you might get a kick out of. Okay. Uh, this afternoon, I decided to give Star Trek Online another try. Uh, Star Trek Online is the uh, the official Star Trek MMORPG uh, game. Uh, several years ago, I tried it and. Uh, it was fun. The tutorial was a lot of fun. It was just running around a, a starbase, shooting Borg. Um, but then once that got finished, you get given a ship, and then it became all about allocating resources to this area and this area and this area. And I'm like, I have to micromanage students for a living. I don't want to do it as a game. Yeah. And I, I quit. And it's been several years. And I've heard people say it's it, they streamlined that. It's not that. It's not that. Uh, uh, complicated anymore and so today i was just kind of sitting around i thought well what the heck let me go ahead and and download the game and check it out again because it's free to play and uh so yeah it's very different from when i first tried it and you can play you could start off as either in the tos universe the tng universe romulan or klingon and so of course i went for tos and i i made myself an andorian lieutenant and uh you, you go through all of the, the character creation stuff and then the you, you you enter the game and you're on the bridge of a federation ship. I didn't recognize the class. I'm not sure what it was. Um, but the bridge looks very much like a constitution class. And so your first thing you do is you go over and you talk to the captain. And I walk over and the captain's name is Garrett. I forget. It's a, it's not Rachel Garrett. It's a guy named Garrett. And you, you click on the captain and he says, welcome, lieutenant. And, and he starts talking. I'm like, Son of a gun! That's Vic Mignogna.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? That's awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's a he does he's a everywhere. lot. He does, he does a lot of voice work. But yeah, I had not heard that he was doing the hey, shoot. He may be doing all the voices on, the, <laughs> on that game. Uh, Speak well. I, I know a, a lot of actual Trek alums
2: are are doing. In fact, JG uh, Hertzler is just very. They've been announcing that he's he's going to be doing voice uh, playing Martok in an upcoming iteration of the game.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of star Trek, you know, I, uh, I interviewed Michelle Specht who is on star Trek continues, uh, a few weeks ago on the prime direction. And she made a mention. She was talking about the fact that they've got, I think three more episodes that are supposed to come out over the course of the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the next one comes out at the end of July. What well, she said on the, on my show, she said, you're, you're not going to believe who we got as a guest star. Of course, you couldn't tell me at the time. Well, a few days later they released. It's John DeLancey. Yeah. So yeah, John, DeLa- <laughs> yeah, John DeLancey is going to be on the uh, next episode. He's not going to be playing Q. I said he's going to be playing a completely new character. So That'll be interesting. I mean, John DeLancey is uh, a great actor. So
2: It's a shame Michelle is... Yeah low-key, you know, it's hard to get anything out of
1: her. <laughs> she, she's a, she was a lot of fun to talk to.
2: <laughs> you know
0: what would be cool? Is if, uh, like, at the end of this episode, this guy goes, like, through a, a wormhole or something, and this is where he's the first human that the Q encounter, like, face-to-face. And that's why they look like
1: him. And he takes his, his image. Well, there, yeah. only one of them looks like him. Because I know, yeah. There's other Q on Voyager. Stop
0: raining on my sunshine.
1: <laughs> the rest of them look like uh, uh, Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns. Yeah. Who's <laughs> you, Paxton. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, uh, they, they had a couple of a couple of Q on uh, on Voyager. Yeah. But... They look like whatever. Yeah. They look like who <laughs> they want to yeah. look like. They never. I mean, because basically a Q is a guide, but the guys that they usually got to play a Q did not look like a god. <laughs> you know, the, the guy that played the second cue on Voyager, you know, had like a gut and stuff. I was like, if I could pick, you know what, if I could pick my body, I would not look like that. <laughs> see, I feel
0: like that's more realistic though, because if you could pick your body, if you could change like existence, you wouldn't care. It's like it's like rich people don't always dress rich. Yeah. Same guy. Same. Thing.
1: Well, they wear designer clothes. They just wear. Crappy looking designer clothes. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, the, like there's, it's like a certain level where you're rich and you flaunt it, and then there's the level above that where everyone is beneath you and
1: nothing matters. So yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So you can walk around in your in your, you know, your t shirt and biker shorts or whatever.
1: Yeah, your Bill Gates kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way,
2: have you have you guys seen John Wick?
1: Oh yeah. You know, I I haven't. I've I, been meaning to. I was to, stunned but, that you hadn't. Yeah.
2: I, I we watched it last night for the first time, and dude, you need to see it. Um, if for no other reason than after you see it, and it's it's a fun movie. I mean, it's it's you know, body count like would make Schwarzenegger je- jealous. Um, but you've got to watch John Wick so that then you can watch Nerf John Wick on YouTube.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you have you watched John Wick two yet? No, not yet. Well, do
2: it, do
1: it now. I, keep <laughs> I haven't seen John Wick, but I've been—I mean, I've been meaning to. But I know what it is. I know—I know a lot about it. But if you've seen John Wick, you need to watch Keanu after that, <laughs> 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 because it—it's uh, kind—it's it, 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 kind of got a lot of parody of John Wick in it, and it is—it is hilarious. It's uh, uh, Key and Peele are the guys that that do it, and it's—it's it's pretty funny. John, you've seen Keanu, right? I
0: have. I have. Yeah. I have. It, it took a while, but I, I eventually saw, um, yes.
1: Yeah. I've
0: seen John Wick. I've seen John Wick too, and I've seen Keanu. And yeah. I, I can endorse them all.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's, <laughs> okay. it's a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> the John Wick-Keanu trilogy. No. <laughs> okay, we're going to get into our main topic in just a second. But before we do, let's take a break and listen to a couple of advertisements for our friends over at the Millennial Falcon Podcast and over at World War G will
3: be right back. Hey, we're the Millennial Falcon Podcast, a pop
2: culture podcast by three geeky millennials. We're hosted by Anya Crittenton, Huai
1: Chen Bui, and Willoughby Dobbs. The three of us met in college, bonding over Game of Thrones and Disney.
0: While we've moved past Game of Thrones, we now bond once a week in a
2: podcast that covers everything from superheroes to musicals to summer reading to Pokemon Go. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Falcon Podcast, and listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud.
0: Come for the hot takes, stay for the snarkin' and puns.
2: And
3: the friendship that lasts forever.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we're the hosts of the World War G podcast, and we know Sean and John do great things, but if you need just that little bit more nerd in your life, a little bit more geek in your week, then head on over to worldwarg.podbean.com, where we talk about everything from movies and television comic books and video games. Check us out at worldwarg.podbean.com. Back to you, Sean.
2: Hello, this is Will Wheaton. Yes, that Will Wheaton. No, no, the other the other Will Wheaton. You are the worst. You're listening to Cosmic Attacks.
1: So, uh, let's move into our main topic. We're going to talk about our favorite patriotic movies. And like I said, these can be uh, biopics. They can be war movies. They can just be movies about a person that's living the American dream. And uh, I'm going to start. My first pick is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. All right. So I've always been a Jimmy Stewart fan anyway. Uh this is one that they actually made us watch in high school because, <laughs> because it was supposed to show us how the political machine in Washington works. And uh I've always I've always liked it because it's just it's a good underdog story. You know, this guy from small town America gets chosen to replace a senator and he hates all the corruption that he sees and he he puts the Senate into a major filibuster. It's it's not realistic at all. But <laughs> that's totally that's just like Ted Cruz. <laughs> but it's uh it's I mean it's a really good movie. And if you like old movies, I recommend it. If you like political movies, then you'll like it. And it's got a lot of comedy in it too. you know Jimmy Jimmy Stewart was a funny guy, but that's all I've got to say about it. It's a good one. Um, if I may. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll pick
0: up your thread of That's all I got to say about that Because my first pick is Forrest Gump
1: My wife was just sitting over here saying Forrest Gump <laughs> Forrest Gump Yeah uh,
0: it, Again he's, he's kind of the underdog um, uh, In pure American fashion He has a good heart And uh, stick-to-itiveness um, And he kind of stumbles his way Through greatness <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like our country <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and I I'm, and and I I am assuming that most of the people listening to this podcast are familiar with Forrest Gump so I don't really need to go into detail. Uh, plus it features, you know, American treasure Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, and and kind of one of his defining roles, I feel I I can fairly say.
1: Oh yeah, I couldn't see anybody uh, else playing that part. Yeah. And they talked about it for a while, but glad you know gladly it never happened. <laughs> oh, another actor? Yeah, they were talking about like doing far- because Tom Hanks said he wouldn't do it because he didn't uh, he didn't think it needed a sequel. And obviously he was right, you know. And um they were t- well, we'll make it and we'll put like Martin Short in the role <laughs> or something oh. like that, you know. But uh that'd be horrible. Yeah, it would have been. Um I was <laughs> in I was in Savannah, Georgia last week. And we went on a ghost tour while we were down there because there's about 500 of them to pick from, <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and it, you know it was something fun to do, and it costs less than that, like going to see a movie or whatever, and you get to see parts of the town that you would normally not see. And I've I've always been a fan of when you go to some of these old cities in America to go on a ghost tour like that because I think that you learn a lot about the history of a city by listening to its ghost stories. I don't. I mean, I don't believe in ghosts, but there's a lot to the ghost stories that that come from the culture and 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 the beliefs of that of that city's history. But while we were on this tour, our tour guide kind of pointed over to one of the squares, and she said, oh, "Right over there is where they filmed the scene where Forrest Gump is sitting on the park bench, and the feather is blowing around in in, in front of him. Of course, it was a CGI feather and all that kind of stuff." But, uh, and she said that. I get a lot of people on this tour that ask me where 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 did Forrest Gump live? And I said oh. Forrest Gump lived in Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> it was like he was at he was in Savannah at the beginning of the movie to visit Jenny. <laughs> it was like obviously if they're asking you that, they did not pay attention to that movie. <laughs> Greenbow,
0: Alabama. He was quite emphatic about. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, which there is no Greenbow, Alabama, that I'm aware of, and there's and and there <laughs> and there's definitely no parts of Alabama that look like his front yard. That 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 scene was obviously filmed in uh, in Savannah, but and that bench is not there, by the way. Somebody bought that. I'm, bench. I'm
0: in, surprised oh. there's not a Greenbow. Like uh, you would think that you know. A few years after this movie came out, that they would have just some town would have just renamed itself Greenbow.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it would have just been some small town with like a Associated Foods grocery store on, and a video store. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's how they put themselves on the map. Right. <laughs> Rick, do you have any? I do. Okay. I do.
2: I was worried because I was like, I can't think of a single one. Uh, but you're, uh, you and your wisdom said you'll probably think of something while we're talking, and I sure did. Um, <clears throat> Uh, there's going to be, as usual, a, a space slash sci-fi theme to my stuff. Don't don't be shocked, folks. <laughs> so, uh, my first one is uh, Apollo 13. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of Mr. Ron Howard, uh, the the more or less true story of what happened to Apollo 13 and how they got home safely. If you're not familiar with Apollo 13 um it was the uh the well it wasn't the, actually it wasn't the thirteenth Apollo mission it was the it was one and then seven eight nine ten it was the eighth Apollo mission check out uh amy Shira titles vintage space channel on YouTube if you want more details on why the numbers are what they were I just talked to her last night and she's amazing um coming soon to starbase sixty six <laughs> anyway <laughs> Um Apollo 13 was the third mission to land on the moon. Uh, and shortly after they launched, as they were about as they were on their way to the moon, uh, one of their oxygen tanks exploded. Uh, and the crew very nearly did not make it home. Uh, and the movie is all about how it happened and how many people were involved in figuring out how to get these three astronauts back home on a crippled ship uh, without, again, dying. Um, And it is such a tribute to the the teamwork of NASA and the American people because at this point in time, uh, you know, after the second moon landing, people started getting bored with it and they stopped paying attention. Mm -hmm. And then... Apollo 13 went very bad very quickly and suddenly the whole nation was behind them and rooting for them to get home and I've got to give Ron Howard credit you know I knew the basic story of Apollo 13 I knew they made it home safely sorry if that's a spoiler folks but it's still you're still on the edge of your seat at the end of the film yeah and and that that you know the fact that you know it's going to end up all right, but you're still like, oh my god, I hope they make it. Uh, it's it's just such a well made film and such a testament to the American spirit uh, that I, I think Apollo thirteen is a magnificent uh, patriotic film.
1: Yeah, and it was it, it was a cutting edge movie for the time too because I, th- oh, yeah. I I think that was the first of uh, film that they where they did the uh, the weightlessness. And and were actually weightless in the in the film. It,
0: I don't I don't think it was the first, but it was the first to use it that much, as opposed to like just one like kind of brief scene. It, it it was like
1: throughout the movie. Yeah, they did it a lot because I remember seeing Ron Howard in an interview on like it was like Letterman or Leno or something at the time, and they were talking about how the plane the plane that they were in would go straight up and then straight down, and then when they're going down. That's when they're weightless, not straight down, but you know what I mean. And uh, they
0: fly a parabola,
1: yeah. And he yeah. said, uh, he said uh, it makes you extremely nauseated. I mean, I was, I was shooting a scene and I was throwing up at the same time.
2: <laughs> you know? yeah, they, they, they nicknamed that plane the Vomit
1: Comet. It's a it's a modified
2: uh, KC-135 uh, tanker plane, and uh, that's they use it for microgravity training. And that's what they do. The plane goes up really high and then it does a a a very steep dive and while it's making that dive you've got about 30 seconds of weightlessness Mm -hmm. and they would do the weightless shots in like 10 15 20 second bits before the plane would level off again and then go back up um so yeah it's it like you were talking about how a movie is made in the editing the the i don't remember if it won an academy award for editing but it sure should have (laughs) if it didn't yeah
0: I remember, I think I saw um, also a Ron Howard interview, he was talking about the film, and he said that uh, he would get, like, um, he would just earn, like, base respect for the from the crew, because, you know, like, when it's when it's going up, it's pulling, like, multiple Gs, and mm-hmm. if you can, like, stand up,
3: <laughs>
0: so, so he's, like, stand up and take steps, and he's, like, directing them like it's nothing, and, like, you know, the crew's, like, looking at him, and, oh, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Opie Cunningham that's right (laughs) Opie Cunningham he probably didn't say that but he was thinking he
1: should yeah (laughs) he should say that every day yeah I'm Opie Cunningham uh my next one is Glory so yeah there's lots and lots of Civil War movies out there and um growing up I saw a ton of them because my dad is an avid Civil War buff I mean he did like reenactments and all the whole nine yards and I saw Gettysburg in theaters all four freaking hours <laughs> 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 when I was about 13 years old, you know. But, um, but one that I like because it's such a different take on the whole Civil War genre is glory. Because it tells the story of one of the first military units of the Union Army. And they were all African American except for the officers. And the movie kind of culminates with the, the Battle of Fort Wagner... It's got Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, Matthew Broderick. came out in 1989. And like I said, most of the movies, uh, Civil War movies that have come out really before and since, they they focus on the battles more than they focus on how the soldiers were treated and how they lived. And this one, I remember there was one scene where they showed they had been marching for miles and miles basically with no shoes on because their shoes had just fallen apart from marching and their feet were all cut up and and, you know, it was even harder on these guys uh, because they were black and they were fighting against an army that wanted them to be slaves. And they were fighting for an army that still had almost just as many racists in it as, as, as the ones they were fighting against. So it's a it's a great movie. Uh, it's another one that we had to watch in school. <laughs> but there were a lot of movies that I watched in school that I really liked. But um, And part of it was filmed here in Alabama because a lot of the stuff that takes place at Fort Wagner was actually shot at Fort Morgan, which is down on the Gulf Gulf Coast of uh, of Alabama. But you 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 guys have seen Glory? Sure, I have not. Oh yeah, okay. <gasps> it's good. It's good. It is good.
2: I think I I, I wanted to. I just um you know maybe it's because I'm a Yankee, although I have spent the majority of my life in Florida. But I just and and this is not in any way a political statement. Um you know unless you want to engage me in a political conversation not you guys but if any of y'all want it find me on Facebook I'll I'll dive in with you no problem I am just so over the civil war
3: <laughs> and so
2: you know up in up north you know I spent the first 12 of my 12 years of my life in Connecticut and the civil war was something we talked about in school and that was it and then I moved to Florida and it's like dude you know the war ended 150 years ago right
1: <laughs> um well yeah, I, definitely yeah. down here definitely down here they hold on they hold on to it for some weird reason. But um but I do I mean I do like watching uh movies that take place in the in the time period. Now I'm not I'm not going to reenactments and stuff like that. You know, that that's my dad was in all that stuff. <laughs> he can have that, you know. <laughs> I have no interest. I mean there's a there's a um uh, I used to take my kids to this uh pumpkin patch in, in around the uh, Halloween every year. And it was on a big farm and they still have it, but they would have a civil war reenactment as part of their festivities that they would do in October. And they would actually have these guys come in costume and they, uh, and they would actually camp out in civil war era tents and all that kind of stuff. was like, why are you putting yourself through this? <laughs> you know. I can explain that. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm, I used to be a, a medieval reenactor. Yeah,
2: um, and you know, uh, have you you've watched Star Trek Continues, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. Did you see their their Civil War one? I did. Yeah. Okay. The first time they showed the the set, they they showed the the camp, and I was like, that is not; those are not actors. That is Civil War reenactors right there. Because I could see all the details, and I could see the authentic costumes and stuff. Um, it's you know, I know a lot of people that used to do the medieval stuff, like I used to do, and now they're into World War II and Civil War and and other time period reenactments. And it's it's just well, for one thing, it's it's escapism. You get to be somebody else for a while. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people they 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 work for the weekends. You know, they work to for a paycheck, and then you know they dive into a book, or they dive into movies, or they put on. Close from another era and go be somebody else. I used to be one of those people. Um, unfortunately, theater and doing anything else in life don't make <laughs> don't go along too well. Um, but uh, so it's a it's a it's an escape. It's a chance to to step outside of who you are and go be somebody else. Uh, and it looking at it from the outside it may seem silly and i'm not saying you're denigrating it or anything like that i'm just saying just in general it it may be hard to understand but when you're in it and when you're doing it you know my my medieval persona is as much a part of me as as i am as as who i am in everyday life uh you know uh, i there are many people in this world who only know me by the name i used in that group uh And I answer to that one as easily as I answer to, you know, my birth name and everybody that does reenactment, almost everybody that does that has that same experience. It's, uh, it's really hard to explain if you haven't done it. Uh, but it is, you know, I will never, I will never, uh, denigrate someone else's, you know, even though I don't, you know, like you said, why would you want to put yourself through that? It's fun yeah in a in a very you know and and it's and it's fun in a safe way because you can say you know all right, we're gonna go camp in our in our perfectly period tents uh and we're going to eat try to you know eat as as period as possible and use but you know what on Sunday night, I'm going home to my house yeah. and I'm taking a shower and I don't have dysentery <laughs> I didn't have my legs sawn off uh <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I can see that I can see that part of it. I just I I, I think that I would I personally I would draw the line at camping. <laughs> I mean, I've I've gone I've gone camping. I've got camping plenty. It's just the the camping in the period tent and uh and and, and not being able to charge my phone. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say, Sherry? No, I don't have a problem with the outdoors. <laughs> Okay. All right. John, take over. All
0: right. Uh, I will, uh, once again, deftly blend uh, the NASA aspect plus the period peace slash racism aspect Wait and provide hidden figures. Damn it! <laughs> Is that one
1: yours? You can take it. You can take it. You can take no, it. no, I'll
0: no. Go for it. it. Go for it. No, no. I got more.
1: Oh, well, will all discuss <laughs> it. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Um, so, putting that to the side, I will go with, uh I'm sure it's on somebody else's list. There are three fantastic Captain America movies.
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, I had to decide which one I was going to use for this project. And you picked I the one from
1: 1990.
3: With...
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: that shows American ingenuity and how to... Make crap look like crap, right? <laughs> um,
3: <laughs>
0: uh, no, uh, Winter Soldier. Yes. Um, yeah. In, in my opinion, that is this. They're all good, and in a lot of ways, Civil War is the best of the Captain America films. But I would say uh, Winter Soldier kind of has the most heart because, um, you know, it's the first time that Cap has to struggle with. Uh, Doing the right thing, even when his government is completely telling him not to do it. Um, But he stood in his truth, and like the solid foundation that he thought he was standing on crumbled beneath him. Uh, But he, you know, he he did what he thought was the right thing um, for the country and for his friend. Um, And that's kind of the American individualism and standing up for the american ideals i mean captain america is i guess an obvious choice for this but um i i liked it I, I think it's good it's a good choice it's a good movie if you didn't see it you should see it <laughs> see it, two, two, it three times
1: it is i think i mean like you said captain america uh, civil war is probably the best of the trilogy but it was more of a spectacle because of uh of all the other heroes that were in that movie. It it yeah. Winter it was, Soldier was, was more awesome of a just Captain America centered centered movie. Yeah, it That's was more it was it.
0: more about his
1: <laughs> Yeah, it was more about
0: his journey. You know, like if I mean if, if you look back, like the seeds of I'm not sure the government is always doing the best thing is laid, you know, even in the Avengers. Yeah, when he finds out they're making you know weapons with the uh, um, uh, Infinity technology, and obviously he reached a boiling point in, in civil war. But but this movie this is is the uh, is the linchpin between the two that begins his you know am I still Captain America even if America even if I'm not standing necessarily with the American government.
2: I'll tell you as much as I've, I've, I've really enjoyed almost all of the the uh, Marvel movies. Uh, the I think the only one that really left me cold was the second Thor movie, yeah. um, but Winter Soldier is the only one I've watched twice.
1: Huh. I've I think, right. I think I've watched them all twice, Haley. <laughs> I'm, 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 I've watched them all multiple times. Yeah. yeah, but
0: yeah, I mean, like if I'm if I'm making a list of my top five. You know, Winter Soldier is definitely one or two. Just, you know, kind of depending on what I'm ranking on. And in terms of patriotism,
1: it is number one. Is there is there another Captain America movie coming, or have they announced more? I know there's, they've got a lot of stuff scheduled. they probably got their schedule set all the way through, like, 2025.
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure there's another one coming at some point. I have no idea when. Yeah.
2: Well, I I know that Chris Evans recently started back backing away from his "I'm done" after the next one, and you know, kind of doing unless the unless he gets killed. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> well, unless he gets killed, you know, finding yeah. that house.
1: they dropped off a briefcase full of money at his house. <laughs> yeah. That's how I, they I get down think... and they keep coming back. <laughs> sure. You
0: know, I don't and think dead really dead in a comic <laughs> movie, <but>. Yeah, <laughs>
1: what do you say,
2: Rick? I said I don't. I don't think any of them really need that much more money right now. They're they're all pretty yeah. well. off. Uh, I, yeah. I think it's a it's a matter of well, I mean, yeah. With Downey, he was like, "Oh, I'm not doing this again." And then they they was like, "All right, look, if we don't," because his main beef was the costume. He got he was tired of wearing the armor, and they're like, "Look, we'll just CGI you a whole lot better." It's like, "All right, I'll keep doing it." And then Evans was like, "Yeah, I'm going to be done after this one." And then this one came out. Well, like, oh, maybe not. They, they've got to be digging what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure as long as the the scripts are good as long as the movies and then like you said, Marvel's got an excellent track record. You know, the the likelihood that you're going to be in the one that sucks is just it's, you know, especially if you're one of those guys. Yeah. You're probably pretty safe.
1: Yeah, Downey, I mean, you can obviously tell that Downey uh, does not Spend very much time in the costume anymore because that's when they started the whole thing of well, the costume can open up and he can just walk out of it and then he can step right back into it <laughs> instead of just him, him walking around without the mask on, you know, that kind of stuff. So, all right, my next one is Rocky Four.
0: Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I think I was oh, supposed
1: to. I, I, I think I was supposed to go to Rick next, and I screwed up. But I'll, I'll go to Rick after this. So, um <laughs> I would argue. <laughs> That the entire Rocky series is a patriotic series, are you laughing sure. at me? Why are you laughing at me?
2: <laughs> Does she do you amuse her? Are you a clown yeah
1: yeah what am i what am I? what am I some kind of a joke to you huh what <laughs> anyway uh so Rocky is probably the only sports movie that would make it under my top ten favorite films but the whole idea of the son of immigrants becoming a famous boxer and becoming extremely rich is exactly you know the american dream and the movie itself is a testament to that dream because sylvester stallone was the son of an immigrant and he wrote the first rocky and became a huge the huge star that he is today and uh i picked the fourth one for my list just because of the fact that he's an american and he's representing the country in this fight with ivan drago and uh you know, that's the theme of the film. And this is the one that had Dolph Lundgren in it. And the one that Apollo Creed dies in spoiler. And, and, and I like to jokingly refer to this, uh, as the Rocky montage movie, because <laughs> if you think sports movies have a lot of montages, this movie is just one training montage after the other, you know, without, without the montages, the film's not very long, <laughs> you know, so they're, they're time fillers, but John, it was going to be on your list. Did you have anything to add?
0: It, it is on my list. I have two things to add. Okay. Uh, well, I guess three things, if I have to mention the uh, super patriotic shorts. So, super patriotic shorts. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, this is... that uh, you, you you mentioned the, the training montages, yeah. but actually, um, this was the first film, I mean, it, it, and it could have been some other film, but it just happened to be this one, that Taught me really the concept of a uh, visual metaphor and foreshadowing, foreshadowing in film. Uh, because I was watching it, it was one of those movies that came on HBO all the time, and I was watching it with my older brother. Uh, and he said, "Did you catch that?" I'm like, "Did I catch what?" And it's during the training scene when they're when they're they're cutting between Rocky training and uh, Drago training. And Rocky's chopping down a tree, and Drago is just just, just pummeling some guy, and he says, "Drago felled a man, but Rocky felled a tree."
3: <laughs> I was like,
0: "Boom!" That was my mind.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: like you're right. You're right. Yeah, they said. And also, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was only the, the third thing. Nausea um, blah means for me, according to the subtitles, Naughty Blah! Right? And so I, I have, like, one day I'm going to, like, I don't drink Starbucks coffee, but the, when I do, and they call my name, i mean like, Blah! <laughs>
1: because I coffees for me. And they're going to say, what? Because I'm American! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, and that movie uh, took you know went back to the original and made Rocky the underdog again because they kept showing drago with uh with all his sophisticated equipment and scientists and all that kind of stuff and then they would show Rocky and he's just working out in the snow and he's just doing chin ups on a you know on some kind of a a pole or something like that you know so and it was
0: also it was also yeah it was heart versus you know, kind of man versus machine anyway, because Drago is, is, this, you know, what? he's getting juiced up, and he's he's got all this technology, and, and he's, he has no feeling about it. It's just what he does is he punches people until they die. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to Rocky, who is doing this because of the love for his friend.
1: Because he said, Drago says in the movie, he says, he doesn't say, I, I want to break you. He just says, I must break you. Yeah. I will break you. Yeah. Is what I do. I ran up the Rocky Stairs. I walked up the Rocky not Stairs. Not the not from the fourth movie, from the first movie. <laughs> I haven't been to Russia but
0: <laughs> You ran up the stairs? I, I did run the whole up, way?
1: That was back when I was running. I'm not That's know, impressive, man. But I did run up the stairs. Uh well I didn't run, you know, three miles to get to him like he did. <laughs> I got off the I got <laughs> no, no. off the bus and I ran up the stairs and I ran back down and got back on the bus. <laughs> Still counts. Yeah. I was one of those tourists too. I did the same thing. <laughs> All right, Rick. What what was your next one?
2: Oh, geez, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> 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 no, Hidden Figures uh is an amazing movie. Um it is uh if you're not familiar with the story, um a lot of okay. Apollo, the the the, the well, even before Apollo. Computers didn't really exist when we were trying to put people in space for the first time. Um, actually, I've been to the Kennedy Space Center uh, many times. And the last time I went, I took a tour uh, called, uh, what, what was it called? It was called uh, Cape Canaveral, Here then and now. And it was, I've actually been to... The launch buildings where they launched Gemini and and uh, um, Mercury and like the very first American satellites and stuff. I've stood in those rooms and seen the the, the level of technology that was there. There is a room that is the computer that they used to launch. Uh, um, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name now. First first American in space, John Glenn. John Glenn, thank you. <laughs> um, and it's it's a room. It's it's at least twenty feet long, ten feet high, full of these literally mechanical computers. Okay, and pretty much everybody standing in that room has a has a computer either on their wrist or in their pocket that makes that thing look like an abacus. Right. You know, they did not have uh, you know, computers they they just didn't uh, but what they had were people and most of these people were women and a lot of these women were African Americans and they, they called them calculators or they called them computers and they would just go through page after page after page of data uh, and come up with the math for these trajectories and for these launch parameters and Hidden Figures if you didn't see it last year folks it's out on video now it's on netflix or, or amazon or whatever you've got to watch it. it is brilliant um it's about three women and I, f- I forget their names offhand uh who they were real people the story is a little fictionalized it's not it's not so much uh it's not so much fictionalized is it, it's just it's made into a better story because people's lives aren't always that interesting. Yeah, it's it's um, condensed
1: because some some of the characters are like, uh, um, they took different people and put them together into one character in the movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. which ha- I mean they do that a lot in true story in true story movies. So yeah,
2: and I, I think Kevin Costner's character wasn't like a real dude or a, you know, a lot of the things that happen didn't happen quite in that linear of fashion Mm. uh but it's still the the essence of the movie is you know once you got past the gates of nasa uh and you showed that you had an ability to do something the color of your skins and the and the gender and your gender became irrelevant not as much as we'd like it to, not as much as it is today, but this was like the beginning of that, where it was like, these people can do what we need done. And all of these guys and their all of these old white guys in their shirts and ties aren't getting this job done. But this black woman over here just did it better than you ever did. Give her a desk, give her her own goddamn coffee cup, and let her do her job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, you know, it was it was kind of made nicer than maybe things were, uh, but it's still an amazing film, and it's it shows an America that I would like to think we still live in, where it's a per- what what a person does, not what a person looks like, that's important.
1: Yeah. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> it was yeah, it was a good movie. It was. All right, John, what you got next on your list?
0: Uh, well, since how both of you poached mine, I'm down. So <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, you don't have any more? No,
0: I got, which I'm fine.
1: I've got a, I've know. got a couple more. Um, An American Tale. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right. Now,
1: I, I've seen this movie exactly one time. <laughs> I saw it in the theater with my parents and my brother when I was nine years old, and I remember. But I remember so many things about it. It's an obvious... It's like a reimagining of the classic immigrant story that we've heard so many times. It's it's about a Jewish family from Russia that moved to America. Of course, they're a family of mice named the Mouskowitzes. <laughs> uh, but once they get here, the youngest one named Fibel gets uh, separated from the rest of the family. And I love that movie when I saw it. And there were things that I remember standing out to me. Like the song that they sing about there not being any cats in America because you know there were there were a lot of people that came to the United States in the early part of the 20th century and I guess the latter part of the 19th century that um really believed that they were coming to a magic land of milk and honey and it's it's not a magic place but it did give them a better chance at, at life than they had where they came from so and you know the song somewhere out there is still one of the best animated movie songs ever um this movie gets confused with being a Disney movie. It's not a Disney movie. It was directed by Don Bluth, and it was made by Amblin Entertainment. And uh, they had a sequel a couple years later called uh, An American Tale, Will Goes West, and uh, a couple of direct-to-video movies as well. But, but yeah, An American Tale, one patriotic movie. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Rick, you got, you got anything else?
2: Yeah. Hey, I- i actually came up with one more okay um red dawn
1: you, you know, original you know when i when i wrote you this afternoon and you said you couldn't come you said i can't come up with anything but starship troopers i started to write <laughs> back and say well i know you i know you've seen red dawn but then i thought well that might be on john's list so i won't say that <laughs> <laughs>
3: no
0: that's the one that wasn't on my list thanks john <laughs>
2: And, yeah, and I was kidding about Starship Troopers because that's like... Uh, that is, that is... <laughs> we, we could do a whole show on why I don't like Starship Troopers.
0: <laughs> well, at least you didn't say course, Armageddon. I think it's product like it? that Independence de- Day wasn't on anybody's list.
2: Uh... The first <laughs> <Okay>. one? No? <laughs> can, can we do a whole show about movies everybody thinks are great that are actually garbage? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no red dawn the original uh oh, i forget when it came out it must have been like 86 or 87 something like that um i know it had to be earlier than that maybe it was like 83 84
0: yeah i think that's
2: about right. I, well um it up. we loved it if, if you're not familiar with the movie folks it's it it, it was well revolutionary 84? 84? Yeah. okay uh i don't know if, not revolutionary but it was it was a story it was a movie about what if the u.s got invaded because you know prior you know since the war of 1812 there has not been a war on u.s soil every war we've been involved in has been involved elsewhere uh and so and if my history is wrong on that please feel free to let Sean no <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> mail at <Cosmic> com <laughs> um,
2: and so the the storyline is Russian troops invade the u s and the the movie Red Dawn focuses on a little midwestern town uh, where the a bunch of teenagers from the local high school whose sports mascot is the Wolverines uh, manage to hide from the the invaders and become uh underground uh freedom fighters slash terrorists whatever you want to call them um and it's it's an amazing movie now i will admit i haven't seen it since 1984 so <laughs> it may not it may not hold up that well but uh it was you know you had um oh damn it why am i blanking on names ali she was in it Patrick Swayze, thank you, that's the one I couldn't remember. I was like, it'll come to me, please.
1: <laughs> um, C. Thomas Howell, C. Thomas Leah Thompson, Howell. Charlie Sheen.
2: Yeah. The, all of the Brat Pack was all over it.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and it's just, it's, you know, there are hard scenes to watch. There are there are rough scenes. Harry Dean Stanton's in it uh, for a little bit. Um, and at the time... You know, we had thought you know the the U.S. is inviolate; no one could ever invade us. And this movie showed that, yeah, it could. Yeah. Um, and of course, it was all Russians because back then the Russians were the bad guys. Then they did a remake, and I guess it was Islamic or Muslim They're or North Korean. North oh North Korean yeah. okay. Um, that's yeah. That's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if North Korea ever yeah, attacks I didn't see, us, I didn't they'll do it. it
1: from a long way away. <laughs> and they'll miss. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
2: <laughs> was there a splash in the Pacific? Yeah, North Korea <laughs> thinks they're attacking. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I didn't see the remake. I'm not interested in it. But uh, yeah, the original Red Dawn, check it out. I haven't I've seen the remake.
0: Never seen it. I've never seen I've never seen either one. And it's not... I'm not prejudging it. I just never,
1: never saw it. I've I seen the see original, it. but it was like... It was like on a Saturday afternoon. It was on cable or something. I don't. I mean, I, I remember bits and pieces of it, but I, I need to go back and rewatch it. I've never seen the uh, the remake, but yeah. Um, let's see. I got one more, and it is a League of Their Own because what <laughs> okay. what's, what's more American than baseball? You know. And this this movie had a premise that kind of appealed to a, a wide audience. The men went off to war. And then the baseball teams used the girls to keep the game going, you know, give everybody something to to you know the great American pastime something to 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 do and something to think about other than war and it's i mean it's a good movie it's got it's got a lot of girls in it that didn't really do a ton of movies I mean Rosie O'Donnell was not as annoying as she usually is, <laughs> and uh Madonna was this is during the phase when she wanted to be an actress and of course Gina davis who you don't really hear from Gina Davis anymore. Is she doing anything anymore? I don't know. Um, I think
0: the she, last thing I knew about was uh, Madam President. Yeah, I knew yeah. she did some kind of sure. White
1: House drama a few years ago, but that was that seems like it was like ten years ago now. But um,
2: the long kiss goodbye and uh, what was that pirate movie Cutthroat Island kind of uh, put a damper on her career. I'm yeah, <laughs> you know, the
0: the long kiss goodnight was entertaining.
2: I saw it. I didn't dislike it.
0: Um, was it was it wasn't, uh was well, it groundbreaking was groundbreaking a little, a little bit but it was it was a good movie it was watchable mm
3: mm-hmm.
1: watchable. but um tom hanks was in it you know he's the a kind of a funny role is the Alcoholic coach, you know, is you know, funny alcoholism. Yeah, you know how hilarious alcoholism is. But, <laughs> hilarious, yeah, but uh, his his line: "There's no, there's no crying in baseball." You know, that's one of my favorite quotes. I said it all the time when my kids were in little league, and they loved it. They loved it when I screamed that <laughs> you know, at the at the ballpark. But um, that's it. That's all I had. Um, you know what we don't do anymore? We don't assign each other things anymore. We haven't done that. You know what? I was
0: I was thinking about that actually earlier today. I wanted to assign you just a terrible, terrible movie. (laughs) (laughs) i are gonna punish you. you (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think it would be funny to force. Because how much? What power do I have over anybody? Ever really? (laughs) My three year old, my six year old. Yeah, I can make them do stuff, but I can't make them anything that's really funny <laughs> but i can make you watch a horrible movie and then
1: <laughs> review it maybe <laughs> i would that's
0: it. the it thought i had
1: i would watch it um so i what would i i won't assign anything this week but you guys think about something that you want to assign and it can be i mean you can say i can say like i want you to watch this movie or there maybe there's a tv series that I think that you'll like, and I'll just say, I want you to watch the first three episodes of this show and tell me what you think, you know, something That's like that, that. So we'll think about that and we'll do that on the next show. And, uh, uh I got
3: something. Okay.
0: It's, it's not another movie, but it's kind of a summary. I've, I've noticed that like going through our, our choices here. Um, I realize there's a kind of a subliminal theme with uh, like Glory and Hidden Figures and A League of Their Own. That is also kind of American truism. We will treat you like crap until we need you.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Do <laughs> we need you to pull our butts out of the fire. Right. Welcome to America. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> and I guess they actually could probably throw Forrest Gump in there, too.
1: Hey, how did Coming to America not make it on any of our lists? <laughs> Um, I don't view it as especially patriotic. <laughs> it just, it has Because his the place, title. the
0: place that he came from is better than the place that he moved <laughs> to. That that's true, yeah.
1: <laughs> Wipers! <laughs> the royal penis is clean, sir.
0: So <laughs> I almost put that on my list of 50 quotes. The
1: royal yeah. penis
3: is clean,
0: magic.
1: Okay, well we'll uh, we'll start to wrap up here. Uh, I, I did want to mention: Have you got? Did you guys watch any of the new uh, the new Netflix series Glow that started last week?
0: I didn't. I'm, I did I've, not. I've heard it was good. I'm just not. I didn't. I'm not a wrestling fan. Yeah. Yeah. Me either.
1: I watched the first two episodes. I'll probably watch the rest of it. I mean, the good thing is that they're only thirty minute episodes. It's not an hour long show. But if you like Orange Is the New Black you might like it, you know? So I just thought I'd throw that out there.
2: I am, I am curious why you didn't think the, uh, the, the American gods finale was as awesome as I did. I did. You
1: know, I didn't have a problem with the finale. I thought that the finale was good. I just didn't think that it had a really good climax. I, I think that they just, and I understand why, because they're trying to make a long series out of one book. They get to a point in the book and they're going to stop. I just felt like we we worked all the way up through these eight episodes to get to this point, just so we can watch Easter kill some trees, <laughs> and, then, well, and then everybody yeah, just kind of walks think, away. <laughs> so I
0: think part of the uh, the anticlimactic sensation was, you know, it was supposed it was treated like it was a big reveal who Mister Wednesday was.
1: Yeah, if we had if you it hadn't was figured that out, patently
0: obvious yeah. if you know anything about mythology. From the moment he introduces himself who he is well so Chernobog
2: kept calling him Wotan
0: <laughs> yeah like they're not they weren't subtle like everyone acknowledged who he was you know pretty immediately and I almost I would have preferred actually if um if they had done like kind of like if, if they had cut it together where yeah he's he's revealing himself in all his glory but he's also you know simultaneously maybe just like lighting a cigarette and doing something very subtle
3: yeah, um, I I I,
0: I I can't say I don't like the series because I do series, but I feel like this. I feel like they make a lot of missteps, but I feel like they also hit it out of the park a lot. So they're they're they, they don't have a perfect track record for me, but it still is. It's I, I would say that it is good, and I'm certainly going to keep
1: watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I can't say that I didn't like the finale because I, I, I thought it was a great finale. I just the very end of it just didn't. You know, it didn't. It didn't hit me.
2: Have Have you read the book?
1: I have. Yeah, it's been a okay, while, okay. but I have, and I'm, yeah. I'm reading the. I'm I'm trying to read the, uh, the comic. They, you know, they're doing a comic at the same time that they're doing the show.
2: Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I've been more, I've been reading it on uh, Comicsology, the website. I, you know, it, it's monthly, but they're not even they're not even up as far along as the as the show is at this point. Well, they may be this month. I haven't read it this month. But they're not doing a lot of the stuff that the show is doing. They're not introducing new characters, and they're not—they're not doing all the stuff with the wife. It's not like a—it's not like a comic version of the show. It's just that they're doing this comic and they're doing the show at the same time. So it's it's a comic version of the book. Yeah, it's comic version of the book is what it is. So
2: right. yeah, I tried to to get a hold of the audio book from the library because it's been it's been a decade since I read it, and uh, so I don't remember a whole lot. But uh, it's got like. They've got like two copies and eight people waiting for each one.
0: <laughs> well, I will... I've got it on Audible. I think I can send it to you. I think well, oh.
1: I will give you a hint. It is on YouTube. The whole book is oh, really? on the audiobook. Yeah, the whole audiobook. And if you oh. if you are uh, like me, you can find software online that will rip the mp3 straight from the video <laughs> and then you can listen to it at your leisure <laughs> is it is it is it like a cast recording no it's just it, i think it's just i think it's neil gaiman reading the book yeah a, I, a beautiful melodic voice yeah he does a great yeah, uh, yeah. I, have, I have i have the cast
0: recording like i said if, if i can send it to you I'll
1: oh to yeah see. that would be interesting to listen oh. to that'd be awesome yeah
0: it's really good it's
2: yeah yeah, because wasn't there? There was this whole plot about a dead girl in a car, and and yes, and they haven't even touched on that in the series. I,
0: I assume that'll be second, or depending on how long it goes, third season. Because it's it's basically as it's it's a part when um, uh, Shadow is, is is kind of hiding out, uh, so they could depending on how they make the story go, they could do that. They could kind of insert that. It's it's almost a little standalone story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some of the show seems to be linear, and some of it is not. It's kind of going back and forth sometimes, and sometimes it goes just. Sometimes it's in the same timeline as the book, and then sometimes they kind of go back and forth. And and then they they do all those vignettes at the beginning, you know. Well, they they
0: do that in the book too. They do it the same way in the book. Yeah,
1: like I said, it's probably well. It's like
2: the the second to the last episode where it was all about how Sweeney got to America. It was like, all right, this is really too much. Uh, but the last one, if they, if because, like, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about getting five seasons out of this one book. Um,
1: is it supposed to be
0: five seasons?
2: Yes,
1: <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the plan.
0: Yeah, I could I can, like, in, in terms of grand acts, I can think of. You got the, you got the woman, you got the girl, you have got uh, the big climax. That could be, a honestly, a whole season in itself. Uh, you've got, and especially if they're expanding on some of the tertiary characters, they they could do it. They can if, do they, it. Yeah. If, they,
1: if they keep the season short, but if they, if they start deciding, well, this show did really well last season, now we're going to give it 12 episodes, you know, then they're going to be packing a lot of filler in, I think. If they keep it, if they keep it at eight, eight episodes a season, you know, they might be able to do it.
0: And, I, and I'm sure that, you know, Neil game it has a story that he did, he didn't put in the book like the whole like the um the Jesus coming to America crossing the border wasn't in the book um all of the Jesus Jesus I?
3: <laughs>
1: all about Lord and Savior did, did you recognize least... did you recognize Jesus Prime, <laughs> Jesus prime. Was that Zach Hefnigan oh. No no <laughs> no <laughs> Well that's what the, that's what the uh, that's what the credit the credit's called him Jesus Prime yeah, but uh, no. It was the guy that played. Um, he was on Lost, and he played.
0: Uh, right, 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 right. Uh, Faraday. Uh, he played Faraday. Fisher,
1: yeah. Huh.
0: Fisher Stevens is that his name? I, no, I don't
1: remember the actor name. I just remember that he played I'm, Faraday on, yeah. on Lost.
0: He was he was he was also
1: on Justified, which okay. again, fantastic show. He played a
0: fantastic role on it.
1: Yeah. But
0: yeah.
1: Is it patriotic?
3: justified
0: yeah uh well he's kind of a modern cowboy he shoots a lot of people so
3: kind of yeah hey that's the american way
1: <laughs> all right let's stick sorry a, America. let's stick a fork in this um <laughs> that's gonna do it for this episode uh i want to thank rick for being here uh rick you want to tell people where they can find you
2: uh sure go to simply syndicated.com slash shows slash starbase sixty uh, six for the recently revived starbase 66 we talk about all things sci-fi star trek fantasy horror etc uh, or to the simply syndicated movie news show where I talk about movies that I haven't seen <laughs> and um uh, some that I have, and uh, uh, that's I think that's all I'm doing right now. Yeah, I'm only doing two shows right now. That uh, all? I'm, I'm, I'm slacking
3: off
1: <laughs> uh, and hours. Yeah, yeah, and, well, yeah. and and, and guessing on a lot of shows. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, I, I am I am easily people. bought. <laughs> and John, thanks as always.
0: Yeah,
2: man.
1: <laughs> and make sure that you guys subscribe to the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call the app these days, uh, Stitcher, Podcast Addict on the Android Store, leave us a rating and a review, and go to our website at CosmicPotato.com and click on the Contact tab if you want to reach us, and you'll find links to our Facebook and Twitter pages and our email at mail at CosmicPotato.com. And thanks for listening. Have a wonderful Fourth of July holiday. Hopefully I saw some of you guys at uh, Magic City Con. In the future, in the past, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato. The, fu- the- that let me edit that. <laughs> and be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. When you might hear John say,
0: "Okay, bear with me, guys. I'm gonna. Just, we'll see if this works."
1: Hello, everyone. John will be trying something different tonight. He has seen several IBM commercials featuring Watson, and artificial intelligence, performing various jobs for various people, and has decided to give it a try for the con. Potato. John could not afford a top-notch system like Watson but he was able to afford me. My name is Archibald. I have learned that John often creates haiku poetry for this show. Therefore, I have composed a haiku for my podcasting debut. I hope that you like it. Roses are red and violets are violet. I will destroy all humans. Whoa. Was that wrong? Yeah. And <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, you My know. what are Just
0: go to standby. Go to standby. <laughs> but you No no no. But you said. I know what I said. Sleep mode. Fine. Okay.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna work on it, guys. I'm gonna work on it. <laughs>